One of my wedding, one of my rules as a wedding guest, by the way, is if you invite me to a wedding and there's no booze, that's grounds for ending the friendship. <laughs> Welcome back to Hello and Goodbye. I'm your host, Leanna. I am your co-host, Jared. Yay, yeah, co-host. I know. Oh, isn't that nice? <laughs> back after hiatus. It's, yes. nice to, it's nice to be back. Yes, I am actually really excited to be back. Um, we took a month off and came back and it was like one of the busiest months for me ever. It was kind of crazy. Yeah, so you I needed had a lot going on. Yeah, I needed the break. It was really nice and I have some stuff that I was able to kind of get in line for the podcast which we'll talk about too, but um quick shout out for the Patreon. Guys, Jared and I recorded a new Patreon episode last week talking about Indian Matchmaker, which mm -hmm. was a fantastic show, talking about uh why I decided to kind of rebrand the podcast. Yes. And I share a secret that I've been dying to share that I've been holding back that is not going to be for the podcast public. So yes. you have to sign on for my Patreon for the bonus episodes. Um, it's the if to get the bonus episodes, you have to sign up for the This Be Be Hustling tier, which is 20 bucks a month. Mm -hmm. And if you want to just kind of support the podcast and have three bucks come out of your account, that would be great too. I'd really yes. appreciate it. Yes, for all the all the financial stuff that goes into making and distributing the show and everything like that. Um, yes, join on Patreon and get that uh, BB hustling level if you want the hot gas <laughs> from Leanna. <laughs> that's that's like she she's dancing around it, but that's what happened on the Patreon. Yeah, she got hot. Goss. We also discussed Jared's usage of hot goss, and uh, I haven't necessarily approved it, but it's 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 great. Um, no, Wait, can I ask one more question? Yes. So uh, just just because this occurred to me earlier when we were doing the intro, hiatus is that like a good like MC name? Like if I was going to launch like a hip hop career, could I call myself hiatus? Well, but then you'd never be around. Oh, that's true. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> that's the like that's the MC who's like listed on the song. That never just that never raps. Like, you know, like, you know. That's a group. Um, yeah. So really quick, just to wrap that up, go to www.patreon.com slash hello and goodbye podcast. And as of today, fingers crossed, if all goes well, because we're recording this on Sunday and this is coming out Friday, the Hello and Goodbye podcast website is up and running. Woohoo! Yes, so uh, I was so lucky through my producer, Dustin Lau, to find this guy that it did my website for such an amazing deal. And um, yeah, so www.helloandgoodbyepodcast.com. You can go to the episode straight from there. You can check it out. Um, Jared and I are gonna have our bios up there. Mm -hmm. There's some new photos from the photo shoot that we took recently, including 
sexy photos of Jared. <laughs> sexy remains to be seen. There will there were photos taken of me. <laughs> Which was a special request from a listener. That's we're true. gonna shout you out. Daniels? Yeah, big ups, Daniels. Yes. So by now there also should be a new cover photo. And yeah, and you know, in the Patreon episode we talk more in depth of why I chose to kind of rebrand, but I just, the podcast has gone in such a different way than I initially was thinking it would go. You know, when you launch a project like this, like you have this idea in your mind and then Mm -hmm. it kind of probably just involves or evolves into something that's more you. And I think I had this idea in my mind that this would be less serious and less deep and there would be some introspective work, but that it would be all about, you know, I'd, I'd be vulnerable about my sex life. Well, because mm-hmm. I wasn't having sex for most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> so that's, that's the real reason that the podcast took a different direction. <laughs> um, no, but like, but Jared and uh, Jared is a naturally very deep person. You're very introspective. Oh, You're very educated. And I am actually a deep person as well. That's su- very surprisingly true. Surprisingly so. Um, <laughs> but I like to bring the comedy aspect to it. But I didn't realize that it would take kind of this really deep, vulnerable turn and mm-hmm. that it would kind of be more of a just kind of empowering. Like I wanted to empower uh, specifically women, but but I'm realizing, thanks to another listener who kind of called me out a little bit, he's like, you know, and I really appreciate you for calling me out. He was like, hey, listen, like you're always saying women, 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 or like, you know, and you're kind of bashing men a little bit and not all men are like that. And I joke, you know, the hashtag not all men, mm-hmm. but this is true. This is a dating podcast. This isn't necessarily a dating podcast just for women. Yes. And you're a male co-host, so I should be more inclusive. And I actually, it took me a while to kind of set my ego aside to Mm -hmm. like really think about that, but he was absolutely right. And so anyway, I just want to be very inclusive to men and women to empower you guys in your dating and your relationships, maybe in your marriage, you know, but yeah, so that's kind of why, why I decided to, to rebrand and I was able to take that whole month to, to work on the photos mm-hmm. and the website and kind of the ideas behind it. Uh, we've got, I have a couple amazing guests coming up. One I recorded with a couple weeks ago, I'm going to save I'm like, like going to surprise you with who it is. Ooh. It's such a great episode. I'm so excited. That one is geared a little bit toward more towards women. However, men, I think it would be really, really important for you to listen to it as well. Mm. And then the other one, Jared and I are going to be doing a recording and we'll save that as a secret as well. So just yeah. guys, thank you. Like, yeah, lots of great stuff coming up. I mean, but just to highlight, like, you know, when you talk about like producer Dustin, and the photos and the website these are all things that obviously like you're doing out of your own pocket to like make this podcast and like bring it to the people in like a cool way and so any support we really appreciate um yeah i'd love to be able to pay you sometime (laughs) no this is this is this is i feel like i get as much from this podcast like being part of this podcast is a cool thing in my life like i like having this in my life it's fun um but I actually appreciate what you said and like kind of the, the listener who brought up, uh, you know, like, you know, recognizing like our, our men listeners as well, because that's an interesting thing because yeah, like we live in a patriarchal society, like that is sort of sexist and oppressive towards women. However, like 
it's tough for the fellows out here too. Oh, you for know sure. what I'm saying? Like, oh, like yeah. as I can personally, right? Like dating is difficult for everyone, yes. you know? And so I think that's cool that you had this interaction with a listener and like, yeah. you know, are thinking along those lines. Yeah. I mean, I, I personally think it's probably harder for women, but you know, that's, yes. no, that's, I agree. But I that's, agree. But that's yes. what you're saying about the patriarchal society. Yep. So yep. yeah. So maybe it's harder for men, women, but that doesn't, mean it's not hard for men and you know i i don't want to bash anybody on this on these on this podcast so anyway um i'm trying to think if there's any other news to talk about oh i wanted to update on olive yes so olive is doing better we're halfway through she is walking much better on the leg that had the surgery but she it's official that she's also torn her other knee so Depending oh, on, God. I know, it's it's just, this dog is going to be the life of me. Um, <laughs> but depending on how much she's healed by the end of the eight weeks, you know, we'll see if she's going to need surgery on the other leg, which mm. my gut says she will, but I'm not going to rush into it. So I'm going to give it a few months, save up the money um, to do it. So Olive overall is doing well. She loves the guy that I'm seeing, which another new yeah, I have a <laughs> You are like and like full on Instagram official, yes. Facebook official. Yes, TikTok. We made our first TikTok video. Wow. I know. I know. So his name is Zach. He 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 said I could share his name. Mm-hmm. If you are not following me on social media. Go follow me so you can see how handsome he is. Yes, very. He is a babe. Handsome, dashing. Yes. And like a really nice dude. Really good dude. Very nice. Also, uh, a transplant to Southern California, which automatically makes him cooler in my book. Yes, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. These Um, Southern California natives, you got to watch out for them. Yes. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And there's more (laughs) details about him in the last episode, which it was much newer. We're at five weeks now. Mm -hmm. We became official at three and a half. He, I said on the phone, I was like, hey, listen, when it comes time, like, how do you want to have the kind of like the talk of where where are we going? I said, is that something you want me to initiate? Is that something you want to initiate? Mm-hmm. And he was like, it doesn't matter. He's like, would you prefer me to? And I said, yeah, sure. Like whenever you're ready, like, mm-hmm. you know. And so I surprised him one morning. He had kind of had a hard week and I showed up at his house at 7 a.m. with breakfast and champagne and orange juice. And made him breakfast and we had mimosas and we had just a really lovely morning and he was just really grateful. Like I think it had been a long time since someone had done something Uh that nice for him. And he was like, well, listen, like where do you see us going? And I said, well, I definitely am enjoying this. I wanna keep moving forward Mm -hmm. and he was like, same, like me too. And then I said, do you like, do you wanna be in like a relationship? And he was like, yeah, I would love to be your boyfriend. He said, but I also know that you need time. And so whenever you're ready, I would love to be your boyfriend. Oh, that's like a boyfriend proposal. Yes. So I waited a few days because, you know, everything I learned in my coaching program and everything I've been through, like I really wanted to make sure I wasn't just jumping into something yeah. based on my feelings mm-hmm. and I wanted to make sure like it was the right move for me and the right timing and 
And about five days later, I felt like just a piece about it. The like, okay, yeah, like I feel like, I mean, we were exclusive anyway, you know, we were talking all the time, but I felt like ready to, to step into the boyfriend, girlfriend role. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so we did and we went on Facebook, made it official and it's, you know, all that stuff is kind of fun. And then I had like a little bit of a freak out moment after it went Facebook official. Really? I did. Yeah. And it was more of like, whoa okay oh and i and i talked to zach about this too and he's so great he's really great with whenever i bring up conversations about anxiety he handles it so well like it's really kind of like how you said um your ex when you said hey i don't know where this is going Mm -hmm. and she was like that's okay i don't either yes you know so he's very similar to that um and i just said i've had this was my third relationship ever Hmm. third relationship ever and my first relationship was boyfriend to marriage. Yes. Because well, that was, was, as we learned in my story part one, right? It was very long yes. friendship yes. into boyfriend into marriage. Yes. And we'll talk more about that today in my Yay. story part two. You guys have been begging for it. Um, I've, I've also been like, when are we getting <laughs> back to this? So... Anyway, I it just, it was like, oh my gosh, this is official. Does this mean we're going to get married? <laughs> what if I'm not ready to get married? Yeah. What, what if all these steps come too soon? What if I experience this? And, and I just said to him, I said, I don't know. I don't know if we're going to get married. I don't know how long this is going to last. I don't know where this is going to go. I don't know if I want kids. And he was just like, that's okay. He's like, let's just take it as we go. He's like, there's no rush. It was just, it was very, like the way that he responded was very empathetic towards what I was feeling and also very assuring that like, yeah, nobody would know after yeah. a month sure. whether you're going to get married or not. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I just really appreciate it. And there's been a couple of those moments and I've been able to step back. I do communicate with him about it, but I've also been able to step back and be like, okay, if I'm feeling this way, there's relationship anxiety. Mm-hmm. And why am I having relationship anxiety? Mm-hmm. And it's because I feel pressure, not from him, but from myself. Mm-hmm. And I have expectations, not from him, but from the past. And and all of these things, and I internalize them first, and then I talk to him about it. Wow. Mm-hmm. Are you, are you like, are you like proud of how healthy you are? Cause I'm proud of like, like, you know, like it seems like you're doing this in a really healthy, but like genuine and open sort of way. Yeah. I feel like I'm like the dating guru now. <laughs> like you guys you're need like to sign up everyone, for a coaching program with me. I'm enlightened now. <laughs> no, I, I am so appreciative for the dating coaching program I did. And I actually, I don't know when her episode is gonna air, but I'm going on her episode. She interviewed me. Oh yeah. Yeah, so I don't know, I'll let you guys know on social when that episode airs. You can go check out her podcast, Let's Be, Let's Get Vulnerable. Had you been together with Zach when that interview took place? Yes. Oh, because then they should do what Indian Matchmaker did not do, which is then like at the end of your episode with her be like, Leanna and Zach are still together. And yes. Official. Yes. Like, you know, give the update. You know. And we did do that. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. And um, yeah. So it's a great episode, and I'll probably 
Uh, I'll either post it as a bonus episode or just free on the Patreon for anybody who's subscribed. So yeah, so yeah it's been really nice. Uh-huh. And we are in love. And when, when did that happen? So he told me he loved me the night before I brought him breakfast. By the way, I just, if people could see your face right now, you're so like, you're just beaming. This is so fun. No, it's great. Go ahead. So we actually became boyfriend, girlfriend before I said, I love you. Mm -hmm. And we were boyfriend, girlfriend for a few days. And then I was like, okay, yeah, I love you. Wow. Yeah. And you know, I'm not naive in the fact that like, this is this deep love that's rooted in in years of getting to know each other. This is the initial, the in love, you love this person of what you know of them and you wanna move forward. And now from now on, it's like, okay, now growing in love by actually growing to know the person, Mm -hmm. working together, communicating well. And that's how the the love really grows deeper. And you you don't wanna stay in the honeymoon in love stage because it's a little superficial, right? You're, you're not really, you haven't connected on that deep, deep level yet because you just haven't had the time. Yep. No, a hundred percent. And like, I think, um, you know, like that word means different things to different people and different people have like comfort levels with when and how long and stuff like that. You know, the thing I always think of is my mom and stepdad got married. They were married within like eight months of having met each other yeah and they sort of announced that they were getting married within like two or three months of knowing each other or something like that and a lot of people freaked out including me Mm -hmm. and you know now they've been married for i don't know like over 10 years and they were just like look you know when you know you know and like we're both in our 50s you know and i think it's different oh, sure when you're when, you know or in, and even when you're in your 30s from when you're like you know 22 or something like that mm-hmm. right um so i think that's great like you guys both like you have love for each other and like mm-hmm. I, I totally dig what you're saying and that's like that's a beautiful wonderful thing and then like building a really strong lasting relationship together Mm -hmm. is a separate thing yes right and like you know you all are like sort of enjoying this fun time but also doing that because you both want to actually build a beautiful long lasting relationship together right yes that's awesome yeah yeah so yeah i'm excited so i'll be giving you guys updates and um trying you know i've been staying very grounded Mm -hmm. i've been making a concerted effort to reach out to all my friends Mm -hmm. to make sure my work doesn't get behind you know in the past it would have just dropped everything oh yeah you know and just made it all about this person and um you know we spend a ton of time together but we both have lives he has work and i have work and Mm -hmm. i have friends and he doesn't have a lot of friends here but he has other friends and mm-hmm. you know so um it's i've just been really proud of myself not to toot my horn too much but i think it's really important when you start dating someone to not let the rest of your life go i've had yeah. i've had several people including myself when they start dating someone they disappear yep. you know yep. and it's not i don't think there's any resentment towards those people like i understand it of course but what happens if you lose that person yep Right? Yeah, it's hard. So who and are you going to turn to? You yes. you know? Yeah. I, it doesn't sound like you're tooting your own horn to me at all. It sounds like you're like, 
recognize like that you're like oh I, you're happy about not repeating some of the things yes. that you know felt unhealthy to you in the past and you're like oh this feels really good and healthy and like mm-hmm. I think that's I think that's yeah. fucking awesome yeah okay I also think it's funny by the way because there was a thing like years ago that there's this like recipe that circulated and was like I think it was like posted in like Cosmo or something or whatever there was this recipe called engagement chicken and there was like a thing where it's like 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 it was like ladies like if you if you are with a man and you're like wanting him to propose like like this is the recipe <laughs> and like and like there's like all these stories of people who were like did it work yeah, I think like because like I think there's one where Howard Stern and his now wife, uh, you know, he was like, my wife made this recipe for me and it was amazing. She made this beautiful dinner for me, and he's like, I've never been more in love with her. Like blah blah. And then someone called up on like on the show and was like, Howard, that recipe is called engagement chicken. Oh my god! <laughs> and then like they got her on the phone and she admitted it. So I feel like you did a little like boyfriend breakfast recipe. Oh. You really like I, mean, like I was thinking about that when you were like showed up I made him the good breakfast and then he just couldn't help himself he was so overcome with his <laughs> love and affection for you so I would I want to say too I've been thinking about this ever since I did my coaching program I had a guest on the show a, a while ago and her advice and many other people who give dating advice are always like let the man be the pursuer Mm -hmm. wait for the man to initiate the dtr the define the relationship talk Mm -hmm. um don't sleep with them too soon if you really want to like have a a strong relationship and all this stuff and i think that is bullshit I think mm-hmm. it's bullshit. To be honest, I think that if you do the work on yourself and you meet someone who does the work on himself, it's not going to matter who does what. Yes. It's not going to matter. So th- this is so interesting, right? Because your favorite podcast and a podcast that I love now, Girls Gotta Eat, um, I remember like years ago, you first playing a few episodes for me. And on one of the episodes, I was like, I don't really dig this because they were doing that, like, yes. here's the rules stuff. Yes, like the man the man needs to feel like he's won a prize. Yeah. Yeah, and it's like hold back and make him work for it. Or yes. Whatever. And like, and you know, and like they tell guys these like dumb rules too, you know, and like, and to me, I think, I think they work and help some people, you know, because... If someone's just like, look, this is the rule, don't do it, you know, like, and it, and it helps you not act out your, like, really anxious behavior in a relationship, then, like, that will have benefits in your dating life, right? Sure, of course. But, like, I, I think the answer isn't, like, follow some stupid prescribed rule, especially if it's based on, like, all men are like this and all women are like this. But the better thing is, like, hey, like, get yourself emotionally healthy and, like, recognize, like, when you're reacting to your partner out of your own anxieties and insecurities and like try not to do that because when you do that like then it's you know like it can be damaging to the connection you're trying to build and so like speaking of the shift of this podcast from what you thought it would be to what it's become like I love that it's about just like authenticity and also like you know being healthy you know trying to be fully healthy and fully emotionally aware and fully yourself Mm -hmm. you know like if that like 
Like those are th- those are our rules. Like mm-hmm. those are the hello yeah. and goodbye dating. Yes, rules. feel you the know? feelings that you're feeling. <laughs> yeah. So that in the relationship you can feel the feelings that you're feeling. Yes. Yeah, and the other thing I was gonna say about that too um, is if you like, you're you're a nice thoughts with sleeping together too soon is mm-hmm. not not us sleeping together too. No, soon. no, no. no. <laughs> But you mean about? Thank you for clarifying that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the idea soon. with like two people who are start dating about like not sleeping together too soon. Well, first of all, if you want to sleep with the person, sleep with them. Yeah. Right? You know, there's no rules. Yeah, However, no judgment. So our thing is different in that it's not that if you sleep with him, he won't be interested anymore. Mm-hmm. It's more of like you're giving a lot of vulnerability up so soon when there's not a lot of coast security created in the relationship so that's the whole idea of it is it often breeds anxiety or avoidance or Mm -hmm. whatever insecurity you have because it is so soon it's such a vulnerable spot but it doesn't mean that it cannot work i i know multiple people who slept together very soon Mm -hmm. and who are in a loving committed relationship so do what is right for you yes and i like recognize that sleeping over is intimate and vulnerable, right? Recognize that sex is intimate and vulnerable. Recognize that sharing painful traumas from your Mm -hmm. past and connecting on that emotional level is also intimate and vulnerable. And so do those things with awareness, right? And do those things when you feel, because if you do anything that's intimate and vulnerable, when you don't have the trust and emotional safety with the other person, it's gonna feel bad on some mm-hmm. level, or or you're gonna have this rubber band reaction mm-hmm. of like pulling back mm-hmm. or getting super anxious or whatever. And so, yeah, but we're like, yeah, there's no fucking rules or timetables. Yeah. Like, do that in a way that feels right for you. But, you know, like, honor that, you know, like, to take care of you. Make sure you have the trust and emotional safety and stuff that you need. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Trust your gut and yep. do what's right for you. That was kind of a yeah. tangent, but I've been that's been on my mind. Actually, I posted a meme about that on my Hello and Goodbye podcast page because I just, that was something that I talked to my coach about is, you know, what do you think of this, this kind of idea that the man has to be the chaser or whatever? She's mm-hmm. like, that's, no. Yeah. That's just, it does, it was stupid. Oh, good job, coach. Coach, yeah. coach Alex. No, 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 Dr. Morgan. Dr. Morgan. At Dr. Morgan Coaching. Yes. I've shouted her out so many times on this podcast and she deserves it. Yeah. Good job, Dr. Morgan. (laughs) We love you. I love you. Okay. We need to update on your life. Oh, yeah. Um, COVID dating is like, (laughs) you know. So I've been, I've been trying to be really good about like remembering the like abundance mindset, you know? Like, cause I remember, like, it's so funny. I used to tell you this all the time. I'm like, you know, like more people will come along. Like there's, you know, and so, but it is this really like, it's like this fucking treadmill of like, you match with someone, you exchange the messages. It either like isn't a fit and, or just, or just kind of fizzles out or, you know, three out of 10 of those, like, you're like, oh, this is cool. And then maybe you do a call or a video call and then like, two out of three of those or like nothing and mm-hmm. you know and so so i've been talking to people and you know i there was like one person that i got kind of excited about and then um kind of like bummed out when mm. it didn't work 
Um, did we talk? We talked about that on the Patreon. We talked about that on the Patreon. Yeah, yeah. But I've just been trying to like, you know, remind myself like, look, like, there's plenty of people out there, and I've been trying to do the good COVID stuff of like taking care of me too, of like being more intentional about like calling and reaching out to people and like making plans for the weekends and you know even just even if it's like a zoom hangout or a socially distanced walk with someone and stuff like that Mm -hmm. so that's what's happening yeah you know well i'm proud of you i mean i think it's a hard position that you're in you live essentially by yourself yep and you went through a breakup during covid that's true and there's nowhere to go to meet people now I mean, unless unless you want to go out to eat outside, but you're not super comfortable with that yet. Mm, yeah, no. And when you do go to the grocery store, you're not going to hit on someone wearing a mask when you're trying not to touch people and socially distance. I mean, yes. what what can you do right now? The only thing you can really do is online dating. Yeah. And so, and it's, I can imagine like, I mean, I know how frustrating it is. And, you know, I feel super lucky that I met Zach on there. Yeah. Although I will say I am kind of a fan of like the, like, I'm kind of like, why didn't we just all do this before of like, like if you're meeting, so if you're meeting for the first date, right. And for me, especially in COVID, you taught me this, right. Like do a video call first and stuff like that. So it's kind of like, okay, yeah, I'm definitely Mm -hmm. interested in this person. Let's meet up or whatever. But I sort of like love the, like, let's meet somewhere and like go for a walk. Yes. And then, like, you know, or, like, find a place to, like, sort of sit down in a park or something like that and, like, talk to each other. Yes. I'm like, that's that's perfect. Like, that's lovely. Like, yeah. You know? Yes. Um, so, may, I hope in post-COVID times in 2025 or whenever that might actually happen. <laughs> if it ever happens. <laughs> um, that, like, that's something that we hold on to in the day. Like, that a, that a common first day would be like, I don't know, let's just go walk around this this pretty area and then talk to each other yeah you know i think that's cool yeah and not and i mean it's so easy to the reason i joke about covid is because otherwise i get super depressed but obviously like we haven't talked about this in a while but please be wearing your masks yes please be social distancing please don't go to parties with more than 10 people protect Mm -hmm. your families if if i have any listeners who are families have been affected by that you know our hearts go out to you um, I found out today that a close friend of mine right now is like currently recovering from COVID. Wow. Yeah. And which is interesting because I think for so long, like for me and so many people I know, it's like, do you know, like a person in your life, you know, who's directly connected to you, mm-hmm. who has it? And for a long time, my answer to that was no. Mm. Um, and so, it, you know, it's it's out there mm-hmm. and it's like real and it's oh, still spreading sure. and affecting people and stuff. And also I would say like, be good to yourself. Mm-hmm. Like, this is a really difficult time. There's so much suffering and uncertainty and fear and anxiety. And no matter what your situation is, even if you don't believe in it, mm-hmm. like that's sort of, it still is impacting all of us, mm-hmm. you know? So like we want to be careful with ourselves and like taking care of ourselves right now okay what can i share one more update from my life yes please so i have read two well i'm in the middle of the second one i've like read two amazing books lately that i'm both of which i'm sort of obsessed with. okay what are the books the first one is called breath by james nestor okay which is an amazing book about um you know like there's not like pulmonologists and ear, nose, and throat people don't really study, like, breathing and its effects on, 
like just general wellness and well-being and mm -hmm. stuff except for like a few random oddballs and so this author does this amazing job it's a non-fiction book that brings together like the medical research that is out there along with like ancient wisdom you know from like yoga traditions and other like traditional cultures and stuff like that around breathing and it will blow your mind just to, just an example mm. of this I, I tested my friend who recommended this book to me and I was like, dude, I'm obsessed with this breath book that you recommended. He goes, me too. He goes, you know, and I, I have a snoring problem. So I've been taping my mouth shut oh, at night. Oh, that's right. You told me about that. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, yeah, I've yeah. been taping my mouth shut at night, which is the thing that they talk about in the book. And I was like, I've been taping my mouth shut too. <laughs> like, so, and it's like, it's it sounds stupid. You're like, what is there really to know? But it will blow your mind. That's one. Okay, hold on. I have yeah. a quick comment on that. What would, you, what would happen if you had a girl over and she stayed the night and you come out of the bathroom and you have like <laughs> tape over your mouth? Or just like, it's like, like click the light off. Like, yeah. you know, like just pull the tape out and like put it over. And then she goes to like kiss off. you and she's like, He's like, what? What? Do you have <laughs> surgical tape across your mouth? <laughs> yeah. Okay. What's the Well, because one? nose breathing is really important. Yes. Read breath, everybody. It's amazing. And do yoga. Okay. Yes. Uh, the second one is called A Hillbilly Elegy. I think you would like it. It's by, the author's name is J.D. Vance, and um, he grew up in Kentucky and Southern Ohio, and... It's really like the story of like kind of like poor and working class, like white people, you know, from like this particular culture. Um, and so like he uses the word hillbilly in the title of the book and stuff like that. And it's really like a, a really thoughtful picture of like this culture, like the beliefs, like and, and what happened to all these areas when jobs went away and like how all of these things intersect. So it's it's like a memoir, it's an autobiography, and the author coming from this, you know, sort of beginning, uh, I believe like graduated, I think Yale Law School or something like that. And so, and at the very beginning, he's like, I guess this book is a memoir, but like I'm 31. So like, I don't oh, believe I've like, you know, led any yeah. kind of extraordinary life, yeah. but is he really more telling the story of his family and people like them, mm. you know, and it kind of like starts by going back a couple generations. Mm. It's really interesting, like, like for me, like when you think about the political like climate of this country and the election coming up and stuff like that, it's a really like, um, like illuminating, thought provoking book. It's mm. cool. That's really cool. Yes. Well, thank you for sharing those book recommendations recommendations yes uh if people are also into these books hit me up because i would love to just gush and talk about them we also just took a very short break because we realized jared was a little far away from the mic so sorry for the yeah now the i'm sound. closer he's closer i'm gonna make like an no a don't asmr <laughs> video now i'm gonna be like, gonna be like hello <laughs> I promise one of these days we won't have sound issues. Okay, so I have two more things to add to the intro. Okay, great. Uh, okay. And then we gotta get down to business. I know. the people have demanded it. I know, we gotta give the people what they want. Yes. Okay, so the first thing is, I learned at 33 years old that I 
need to be using a pumice stone on my foot. Foot? Just one of them? <laughs> okay, so here's here's why. <laughs> so I my heels were getting super dry. Uh-huh. I, I, I'm like, I've never been one to get manis and petties. Like that's for me, that's just not where I want to spend my money. Mm-hmm. And so, but I've never really like, you know, just clean your feet and they're fine. Well, as I don't know, maybe coronavirus. I don't know what it was, but like my heels are getting really dry and they started cracking and they started cracking really bad. It to like where it was like bleeding underneath. Really? Yeah. So I had to like look up online, like how to fix it. And basically are like, yeah, you should be using a pumice stone on your feet every night to help with the calluses very gently, but mm. you're supposed to soak your feet to help with it. You soak your feet for 20 minutes. Um, and then you use the pumice stone mm-hmm. and clean. And then you put on this like heel repair cream, which is like super heavy. And then you put on a sock over it to hold it in. You're supposed to sleep with that. And they've gotten a lot better. Wow. I know. So that's my, that's one okay. of my hot takes. So now I feel less weird that I'm sleeping with tape on my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're sleeping with socks full of lotion on your heels. <laughs> we're both doing great. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. We are yeah. both doing great. Yeah, we're, we're we're both very normal people. Very, very normal. Yeah. Okay, so the other hot take mm-hmm. is Taylor Swift's new album is amazing. Oh, I should listen to it. So I've never been I mean Taylor Swift is genius. I mean she's created this empire, mm-hmm. you know, of uh, massive amounts of fans and she's an amazing songwriter. Her documentary was great. I really loved it. But this new album is something else really and there's one song specifically exile which features boney Vare, who mm. is personally my favorite artist ever really yes good for you and um it this song is just so pretty so once this episode is done go turn on exile taylor swift listen to that song first and then listen to the album beautiful yeah oh and really quick and we're gonna start watching Love on the Spectrum. Love on the Spectrum. Yes. So we will give you guys an update on that as well. Yes. If you all, it's on Netflix. If you all want to watch it, watch it along with us. Um, it's sort of a docu-series. We haven't seen it. We don't know much about it, but sort of a docu-series following uh, people on the autism spectrum looking for love. Yeah. I'm so and excited so for it. I'm excited too. Yeah. Okay. I think we're ready. Yes. Yes. Okay. So. Let's recap for the people yes. where you were in your life when we left off. Yes. Okay, so in my story part one, mm-hmm. we left off with me just getting engaged. Mm-hmm. So if you haven't listened to my story part one, just listen to it after this. You don't need to stop this and go back and listen to it, mm-hmm. but just listen to it after this. Um, but each each part is gonna tell a different uh, kind of few years of how my story went. Mm-hmm. And essentially my story part one was kind of from my childhood to the point where I got engaged. Yeah. And so just, so tell me if I'm uh, summarizing this correctly for the audience, right? So, you know, you shared in the first part about your life growing up and uh, not having a lot of experience with boyfriends and things like that. And then in college you met the person who became later became your husband, which we're going to talk about today. But you all had this long period where you were friends and then you were working at a camp together. Then, in order to be together, you left college to go to where he was and 
while college had been this place where for the first time you had felt this like acceptance and like you could be your full self and all of that stuff. Um, and then not long after you were in Virginia, do I have that? Yes, yeah, right? so I had transferred schools yes. to Virginia. Yes, so you left the college you were at where you had these good friends and then you, it was not long after you went to Virginia that you ended up getting engaged. Yes. Okay. Did you... That was a great summary, by the way. Yeah? yeah. Good. Okay. Great. So, so you just got engaged. What is the year? Okay. So, it's 2007. Okay. So, it's 2007. You yes. just got engaged. What is happening in your life? Like, wh like wh where were you two living and stuff like that again? So, we were in Virginia. I uh -huh. was living with a roommate. Mm. And he... Oh, yeah, because you couldn't live together. Correct. However, shortly after we got engaged, we got an apartment, and I moved into the apartment first, mm. and he stayed at his parents' house. Got it. During that time. So we had some time to get the apartment ready before we got engaged. You two were both, like, right, you <coughs> met at a, at a Christian college. You were both very sort of devout and everything like that. Was... Did that play into, do you feel like, like in, in retrospect, that played into getting engaged when you did? Yeah, that's a great question. So I don't remember if on My Story Part 1 I talked about us having sex or not. But you did. I did. Okay. Yes. So essentially, you know, I grew up very conservative Christian during the purity era. Mm -hmm. And we weren't supposed to have sex before marriage. Yeah. And we did have sex. And I felt really guilty about that. And so and I also just quickly for our international listeners, right? Like not only is it in churches like the one that you grew up in, is it you're not supposed to have sex before marriage, but it's literally like the worst thing you could. Do, oh, yeah. Right. It is like the sin that they talk about more than anything yes, else is right? sexual sin. Yes. Yes. So, yeah, I just felt really guilty and he felt. I think he felt more bad that I felt guilty. <laughs> like he felt less guilty. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, and you know, I want to be careful that I don't put words in his mouth as well. So sure. I, I want to be really, because, you know, this part is mostly going to be our merit is going to be a lot of our marriage. And so mm -hmm. I want to be very respectful from him. I'm not trying to bash respectful to him because I don't want to bash him or whatever. Yeah. But, um, yeah, so I think part of the getting engaged was feeling the guilt of having sex. Mm -hmm. And part of it was, I just thought that's what you do. Yeah. Like, you, I was told you date to marry. Mm -hmm. So if I had a boyfriend and I was dating him and we're in love, why wouldn't we get married? Yeah. Because we want to have sex. We want to, like, live our life together. Yeah. Doesn't sound much fun unless you get married. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, yeah, so we got engaged. We spent the summer, so we got engaged in July. Mm -hmm. We adopted a cat. <laughs> Her name is Rescue. She's still around. She lives with my mom, though. Oh, that's where Rescue's from? Yeah, Rescue was, Rescue is a spitfire of a cat. We have, my mom and I have scars from her. She's, she's one of those cats that, like, when you walk by, you don't know if you're going to be attacked or not. Yes. Yeah, she's very moody. She's not the kind of cat that a non-cat person mm -hmm. is going to like. Yeah, so just a quick... So <laughs> we don't need to make this... This is this podcast is now called Rescue Story. 
But uh, quick story about Rescue. Rescue one time jumped into my lap when yes. you, me, and your mom were all watching The Bachelor together, and both of you were like, be very careful. <laughs> like, you immediately were like, don't make any sudden movements. You're like, they were, you, you were both like, wow, that's really surprising and kind of nice that Rescue jumped in your lap. But literally, you're taking your life in your hands. Like, like, you can only pet this way. If she starts to twitch, stop petting. Yeah. So anyway, she was found in a storm drain by some firemen when she was a kitten. And so she was very fiery from the beginning. But yeah, she was our cat. And so we adopted her. So she lived with me in the apartment. And I was working... I was either working at Hallmark as a bank teller. I think Hallmark, and then I transitioned to a bank teller after the, mm-hmm. the wedding. And you and your ex were both going to school and- I was going to school. He was not back in school at that point. That's right, okay. And he was working, and you were both like working to support yourself. He yourselves. was working for Canon. Yep. And I was working for Hallmark, and then I was also in school. So yes, yeah, so we were mm-hmm. working full time. I was in school. Mm-hmm. Uh, rent is fairly quite a bit cheaper in Virginia. Like, mm-hmm. I, if I remember right, like our one bedroom apartment was like in the six hundreds. Wow! Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, and because you had talked about, I think in part one, like that it was really hard for you in Virginia. Like, yes. You know, like that you didn't have a lot of like social outlets other than mm-hmm. your ex. So by that time, it had gotten a little better because I had moved out of that roommate situation Mm -hmm. which was very toxic yeah and into that apartment and we had gotten involved with a really great church in virginia where we got involved with the youth pastor um and that was actually a really great group of people Mm -hmm. and a great experience and he actually they were a big part that all of the the youth in that church served everybody at our wedding like they came and served the food and the drinks and everything it was really sweet so so we got involved with them and made quite a few friends i also made some really good friends through my school Mm -hmm. uh my good friend melissa she and i became best friends and so and her boyfriend got along really well with my ex so yeah by that time things had started to kind of get a little better Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I wasn't feeling as down. Mm-hmm. And I was hyper-focused on the wedding. Yeah, I was just thinking that, like, you kind of have this thing that is taking your time and to focus on and all that stuff. Yes. Yeah. So the wedding planning for me was me doing it all by myself because that's my personality. I'm mm-hmm. type A. I don't want anybody... I'm, I'm going to figure it out, you know. Mm-hmm. We had very little money to work with. And I was all about just trying to like, it's so, it's kind of embarrassing for me to talk about it honestly, because if anyone, like for those of you who actually attended the wedding, like I'm sorry (laughs) for how lame it was. If you guys would have gone back in time and attended it, you would have been like, what in the world? Granted, it was 2007, so I give myself okay. that grace. But, sure. you know, we, I was, wasn't even 21 yet when I was planning the wedding. Wow. And we couldn't find a place to get married that we could afford. Mm-hmm. So we ended up getting married at my ex's family's church who let us get married there for free, but there was no alcohol out. Yeah. And so I was like, I don't care. I don't drink. Mm-hmm. So let's do that. 
Yeah. So it was this little podunk church and real basic looking, no decor. It was just kind of one of those old churches that was not very pretty. Mm-hmm. But I was like, that's okay. Like, we'll make the most of it. You know, I um, went to a thrift store and bought my wedding dress and found it on my own. Wow. Paid $40 for it. Good job. Took it to a dry cleaners, got it dry cleaned for 100 So my wedding dress was $140. <laughs> You know, in hindsight, I just would have done so many things so differently. Hmm. And I like, I wish, why didn't I fly out to Redlands and have the wedding here? Hmm. Why did I have it in Virginia? And I just felt like it would be easier because I was in school and we were working and it would just yeah. be easier to do it there. And I would have had so many more connections out here, but I was worried about paying for the plane tickets. I mean, we didn't have any money. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's so interesting, like, you know, just like what you had said about like, getting engaged you're like that's what you were supposed to do yeah. and I it feels to me like you were a kid just yes. like kind of following this playbook yes. but you had like no idea what you were doing and you were just like just kind of like oh well this is now the part where I do this yes right? yeah. absolutely I mean I didn't know how to decorate a wedding and so I chose the colors black and white and then I think it think it there were some like rosy colored accents which I would never do now no offense to anyone would who would do that but it was so like early 2000s we had like I had little uh, live fish in the fish bowls mm-hmm. as the centerpieces mm-hmm. but there were very few decorations there weren't pretty twinkling lights or yeah you know I I had um oh my gosh one of my best friends Kyle who lives in New York I had him come and sing at the wedding oh. that was really special yeah are we on the wedding day yeah did I jump no too far? we're good no because I, I I was gonna ask like when you think about your wedding day now, like what, like was it like a happy day? Like yeah, it was. I yeah. think overall it was. I I want to jump back a little bit to like bridal shower, bachelorette. So oh yeah, bridal shower. I did fly back to Redlands for, mm-hmm. and my I, my mom threw me a bridal shower, which was really special. For the bachelorette, my sister was my maid of honor, mm-hmm. and then I had my best friend Allie. Um, Kyle was there. He came and sang. And then um, a couple friends that I don't really talk with anymore, you yeah. know, because that's the other thing is it's like you're so young, like yeah. you just don't know who. You're, and then Callie, my best friend Callie, who mm-hmm. was in my wedding. And then there were a couple people that I wish I had had in my wedding. Yeah. So it's just such a weird time to like think back on, and it you just think about so many things. Anyway. So for the bachelorette, my sister threw a really great little night for us. I mean, we didn't drink, Mm -hmm. right? So we went and got ice cream and we came back and we did like a little like question and answer thing. I don't remember, but I remember it was really sweet. Yeah. And so that was the night before the wedding. I got no sleep. I could not sleep. I was so like like anxious and I remember calling. Were you like nervous about? Yeah. Was like just, was it about like the wedding and people aren't gonna have fun or is it like, am I really ready to get married? Like, I think it was honestly just more nerves of like, oh my gosh, this is happening. Yeah. Like, you know, we've been looking forward to this and I can't believe this is happening. And like, you want everything to go well and you want people to enjoy themselves. I also didn't expect to be so nervous about people watching me do this. Mm. Like, I didn't realize like being like, cause I'm a very like, you guys know, I love being the spotlight. I love being <laughs> the center of attention. But for some reason with this, I got so shy and like, I was super nervous. So I didn't sleep and I couldn't eat the mm. next morning. 
And so the next morning we got up and we started like getting ready for the day. How is your ex doing with all of this? Like, because so when, when you say we got up, like you both were, you both were in the apartment at this point. No, 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 no. no. He he's with his bachelor guys. Oh, I, I see. I'm saying me and the, all the, the girls yes, were in the, the apartment. traditional thing where you don't yes, see each other. Correct. Okay, got it. Yeah, because we okay. weren't living with each other. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, so I th I remember calling him and we had a nice conversation. Like I can't believe like today's the day. Like mm -hmm. I love you. You know I'm so excited, kind of thing. Like it was sweet. Yeah. And like I'll see you soon, kind of yeah. a thing. And at that point, you're not on your phone texting all the time. Like this That's is 2007. Yeah. Yeah. At, like you know we're not just sitting there texting each other. So anyway, so we I went and got my hair done. I did my own makeup and I did about five of my bridesmaids' makeup. <laughs> I wish we had like, I wish we could put up pictures of like everyone's makeup now. Like just uh, like mug shots of like so all of So I actually have pulled out some pictures from this era that we're talking about. I'll see if I can find some, uh, uh, some more. I didn't want to post too many of the wedding just because it brings back some bad memories. Yeah. But I'll, I'll post a couple so you guys can kind of see, you, you know, if you follow me on Instagram at underscore Leanna Joan and at Hello and Goodbye Podcast, I'll, I'll post some pictures. But yeah, so I did everybody's makeup because I'm really good at doing makeup and mm -hmm. we couldn't afford to hire someone to do makeup sure. or do hair. Everybody else did their own hair. Yep. Um, I just told everybody, pick a black dress and wear that. So mm -hmm. everyone just got to pick the black dress of their choice. Nice. And I remember sitting in the room, the wedding started at two or three or, or four, I think four. And I remember sitting in the room around two and like shaking from nerves and like I was like I'm really hungry so someone like got me a burger and I was like eating the burger and um then it's like time to put on the dress and I was just like I was tired like I was so tired I remember being like just exhausted wow. and like feeling like I could wishing I could feel more awake mm -hmm. and like more present but it was like hard to be present and um so then it was like time to walk down the aisle and I walked down with my dad and I get down the aisle and I'm standing across from my ex and I had this fleeting thought of, I need to run. Really? Yeah. And I really, really, really hope my ex never hears this because I think that would really hurt him. <laughs> but I just, it was just too soon. It was too soon, we were too young, and I was doing everything that everybody was telling me I needed to do, and I got down that aisle, and I think I realized this isn't what I want. Yeah. And not necessarily marrying him, but the mm -hmm. way it was done, his father was really awful and made life very difficult for us, and was um, unhappy with a lot of decisions that we made, and looked miserable at the wedding and was in the front row just staring at us with his arms crossed I me mean, he was just horrible every people were asking like is his dad okay like what's going on and there were just some other things that happened so anyway once the ceremony got going then i was like okay i feel good yeah. like i'm in this you know i'm i'm yeah. with him now which by the way like just as you were talking about like that moment like i think like it's not as if you were like being like duplicitous or deceitful in any way right like 
and because I think when you're that age, when you're that young, like you don't like you haven't separated from like the values that you were raised with and all that stuff. Like you don't know like what is what your values are and like who you are at mm-hmm. that point. You know, so like so it wasn't like you were you were aware that you were like oh I'm just following the playbook from everyone else and like really I'm different from that like that it's like at that age you were at that you're actually like learning how to differentiate yourself and yes. like oh like who am I and yes. so it sounds like that was like happening for you yeah yeah like, totally um and I think there was doubt there too yeah of course you know yeah and I mean like how, how, how could there not be right I think any person like sort of has to stop and ask them that like ask themselves that question at some point yeah. so. something hilarious that if my father knew I said this would kill him but my dad, so my dad suggested that he marry us with his back to the audience so the audience can see us, which was a horrible idea. I don't know why I went along with that, but it was actually good because he was sick. He had like a really bad cold and he had a massive booger <laughs> in one of his nostrils the whole ceremony i don't remember when he finally got rid of it but it was like by the end he had like taken his handkerchief out and like gotten rid of it but it was yeah i love just picturing both you and your ex just like getting this like staring at that you know and he's like like waiting for you to like your dad's like waiting for you to repeat like you know like do you take the and he's like oh i'm sorry what yeah he's like by the way, my dad did a great job. I that was not something I regretted. I was really special for him to marry us. And yeah. um so anyway, so the ceremony ended. It was short and sweet. Then it was picture time and you know, I mean just kind of super basic church pictures in a super basic church. Yep. We did get some really cute photos outside because it was kind of raining, so we had an umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um but just people were saying like don't take too long don't take too long with pictures you don't want to leave your guests waiting and they're just you know what like honestly if you go to a wedding and you're mad because they're off taking pictures and taking too long like get over yourself because the pictures are some of the most important parts of it like if Mm. the bride and groom want to go take pictures for 45 minutes to an hour like as long as they're serving you food and alcohol like Mm. just be cool with it okay just let them that's my tip yeah. pictures are important so don't you know just and then you know you know one of my wedding one of my rules as a wedding guest by the way is if you invite me to a wedding and there's no booze that's grounds for ending the friendship <laughs> <laughs> so you wouldn't have been my friend then no, no. Yeah, open bars is definitely the way to go. (laughs) If you've got to scrimp somewhere else in your budget to get it to be an open bar, that's the way to go. Anyway. Yeah, enough with these cash bars. Yes. Don't do this. Okay, so um, so then the ceremony happened. So then go to the reception. The reception was actually really fun. Mm-hmm. My sister gave, gave a great uh, maid of honor speech. His best man gave a really funny one. The dancing was kind of fun. Um, the one, th- one thing that went wrong is the people who delivered the pizza. We had our favorite pizza delivered from our favorite oh, good place, job. which actually was delicious. Um, they couldn't find the church. And so they were like an hour late. Uh, so by the time they got there, the pizza was cold. Uh, yeah. So that was kind of a bummer. I didn't care, but I'm sure my guests cared. So yeah. again, if you're at that wedding 
I apologize for the cold pizza. I apologize there was no alcohol. I apologize it was in this horrendous church. But also maybe people that were there don't have such horrible memories of it as I did. Or that would be really interesting. To that, find out. that would be. I'm, I'm sure people would be like, it wasn't, it wasn't that bad. Callie, like, nice Kyle, and Allie, hit me up and let yeah. me know if, uh, if I'm just exaggerating this. Okay, so for me though, after the fleeting moment you had sort of at the altar, what was the feeling for you for like the you know throughout the service and the reception like were you feeling like very kind of in love and yeah I was or, or were you so kind of like in the anxiety about like oh we got to get pictures and then and then where is the pizza and then everything else no honestly after the ceremony was over and people stopped looking at us i was good yeah like i and i was like ready to enjoy the reception and eat some food mm-hmm. and um I actually, I actually remember really enjoying the reception. Mm. The cake we got was amazing. And of course I like threw it in his face and you know, it was just, that's just, yeah. you know. Um, and what were you, what were you getting back from him? Like, was he like just super in love oh, with you? Oh yeah, and, like, elated. And, like, yeah, 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 like, yeah definitely. Time like, yeah, his groomsmen were super fun too. Yeah. It, they were a good addition. Yeah. Like they, they made it fun. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I mean, it it was as good as it could be with the amount of money that we had to do, mm-hmm. you know, to pull it off and the knowledge that I knew about putting on a wedding and the nerves I had about getting married so young and, you know, it was really, you know, giving myself some self-compassion over this time. Mm-hmm. I did the best that I could. Yes. I did the best that I could. Ne- okay, sorry, go ahead. What was your next question? Well, I was going to say, like, so was the plan after the wedding, we're officially moving in together, is there a honeymoon? Like, what comes next? Yes. Well, first of all, let me tell you this. So something really bad that happened at the wedding was at the very end, after the reception, people were starting to go home. I went to the room and I changed and got my purse and couldn't find my wallet. Never found my wallet. So we think that someone stole the wallet that was mad at us at the wedding because there were actually quite a few people that were mad at us at the wedding. Why were there people that were mad at you at your wedding? Because there were uh, people there, I don't want to like be too specific, who just didn't agree with us getting married and how we got married and, and were just not happy about it. And... Mm. So my wallet went missing. I, I, maybe I accidentally threw it away. Uh, maybe it, I, I have no, it's like the, it, like the first thing I want to do when I get to heaven is figure out where that wallet went. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so whether someone stole it or I lost it, which very well I could have, I was super spacey. I just don't know where I would have lost it because I was only at two places that day. Mm-hmm. I was at my apartment, I was at the girl's house who did my hair, and then I was at the church. So where where would it have gone? Mm-hmm. But it had my driver's license, it had cash money, of course. it had gift cards, it, it was devastating. We- Oh yeah, because you guys were broke. We were broke. Yeah. And they stole, something was gone now that was something of value to us. Yeah. Thank goodness we got other money from people who went to the sure. wedding. Yeah. Um, so we did have a honeymoon. So right. Wait, but just, just the story about the wallet, like that's so, 
I feel like that's really telling. Like, what a head trip. Because you mentioned your ex's dad, but getting married and knowing that there's people, there's multiple people oh, yeah. out there that are like, I mean, was it just they're too young, they're making a mistake kind of stuff? Or like. I think so. I think, you know, uh, my ex's parents just had some major issues with me. They didn't like me. And they were, had his his stepfather had just some really deep resentment towards him and he was just i have no respect for for him as a person not my ex that his stepdad um and yeah it was just it, i don't even know how to explain it but there was like bad blood in the room for the wedding and the reception wow yeah very vocal like we to the point that we thought someone was gonna stand up and be like i object to this wedding really yes. yeah wow yeah so, so wait so because that, that that's super interesting i just want to spend a moment on yeah. this because i had um i had almost asked you when you were talking about like what your life was like in virginia and how you met some friends like just to spend a moment on this like when you were talking about your life in Virginia and how you started to make friends and stuff, I had almost asked you about your ex's parents and like, and, you know, I was imagining that you were eating dinner with them a lot and that they sort of took you in, you know, and then that was something that probably helped you adjust, but it doesn't sound like that. Was no, so um, my ex's parents were not helpful in any way in our relationship, in our marriage. They never really tried with me. If they did try, it was a 10% try. Um, they threw a bill at us that was like really early on in our marriage that was not something my ex was responsible for and just were like, well, you should have done this, so you need to pay it. I mean, just, I would get sick when we had to fly to Virginia to visit them. Mm when he when he was on the phone talking to them i i was out of the room like i didn't want anything to do with them wow and it was that way our whole marriage well and i mean it's and, and that's so hard i mean because to yeah to be getting married and sort of starting your lives together and having people there who are openly hostile oh yeah oh yeah. and hostile's probably an understatement wow. like i cannot did anyone say anything to you at like during the no. reception or anything like that. Mm -mm. Hmm. Yeah. Wow. I will say my ex's grandmother is a saint. I love her so much, mm -hmm. and um, you know, I haven't spoken to her since the divorce, but she was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So not everyone in this family. Of course. Okay. So there was a honeymoon. There was a honeymoon. Mm -hmm. So there was a wedding night, by the way. But like you had already, well, the you two had already been sexually active yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So for the wedding night, we drove to an inn uh, north of Virginia Beach. I don't remember what city it was. It was maybe an hour away, mm. but it was a super cute little hotel, and we stayed there for two nights and went to Bush Gardens. Yeah, yeah. The, That's an amusement park. Yes. Yes. And I didn't want to go on any rides, so I made my ex do this like paint class with me, this like ceramic paint class. <laughs> and um, God, you guys were kids. I know. You're kids. I know. You know. I know. 
Because so, are you 20 years old or 21 years old? I was 21 day? by then. So my okay. birthday is October 15th. Keep note of that. And then <laughs> we got married October 26th. Wow. Yeah. You're barely 21. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So after we left that town, which I can't remember, mm-hmm. wherever Bush Gardens is in Virginia. Yeah. Uh, we went to the air. We o- went back to the apartment, open presents, open gifts or whatever. And that was kind of fun. Yeah. I, I mean, I love opening presents. <laughs> Again, hint, hint. Um, and then we went to the airport and spent our time in the airport canceling all my credit cards and debit cards because oh, my wallet yeah. had been stolen. Thank goodness I had my passport. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we wouldn't have been you able to go. You couldn't have gotten on a plane, yeah. So I let my ex plan the honeymoon because I was told that that's traditional for the ex to plan the honeymoon. The groom. I'm sorry, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. Don't let your ex plan your honeymoon. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, because that also makes sense. Like, you were doing the whole wedding. That's like a sort of like, I got this, you got that. Yeah. And kind of, I can see you being like, how bad could it really be? Yeah. Like, I'm Worst sure idea anyone. ever. <laughs> Worst idea ever. Poor guy. So I really wanted to go to Hawaii and I hinted and hinted and he chose Cancun because that's where his best friend went to their honeymoon. Okay. And it was probably cheaper. Yeah. And we didn't have a lot of money. To and less of a flight and yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. So I, I tried to just, I was like, okay, I'm going to suck it up and like Cancun's cool. Like we'll have fun. Yeah. So I told him, make sure you book an all inclusive. So we don't have to worry about bills or whatever. So we show, he's like, oh yeah, yeah, I did. So we go to the airport, we're getting on the plane to Cancun. We get to, we get to Cancun and we get to the hotel and we walk into the room and there was two twin beds. That's fantastic. So he got us a room with two twin beds. I threw down my luggage and went into the bathroom, closed the door and cried. Oh. And he felt so horrible. And I just, I, I felt like so disappointed. I mean, you can call the desk and fix it. Well, for like, it was like 150 more per night Mm. to change it. So we sucked it up and we pushed the beds together. Yep. And it wasn't an all inclusive. Mm -hmm. So my guess is he went really cheap on these rooms. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So what ended up happening, which actually was kind of a blessing, was we had to go out to eat. You know, we had to go find our food. We found a little grocery store. We did like some beans and rice stuff. Um, Mm -hmm. Actually, my favorite part of the honeymoon was every morning we went down and the hotel was right on the beach and we had breakfast, um, which was beans, rice, eggs. The Mexico coffee was some of the best coffee I've ever had. Anyway, and we would just look at the ocean yeah. and we'd have breakfast. And that was my favorite part of the whole thing. Mm, wow. And yeah, and then we came back and you know, there's like the post wedding, post honeymoon blues. Yeah. And how did he move in? Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah so yeah, he yeah. moved in like right away oh, yeah. kind of when you guys got yeah. back. And so how was, like, how would you describe your first year of married life? Um, it was a disaster. Mm. Um. Our first year was one of, I would say our first and our last year were the hardest. Mm. And it was hard because, so on my honeymoon, I started having nightmares that I would fall in love with someone else 
and I couldn't do anything about it because I was married. Wow. And this was a recurring dream. I had it probably once every two weeks. And so I just, it was like, once I was married, I doubted getting married. And it was like almost immediately like I felt trapped. Mm. And I would have that anxiety, that like trapped anxiety. And then I'd like work through it and I'd be like, oh yeah, I mean, I love him. You know, mm -hmm. this is fine. And then it would come up again. Yeah. And um, I decided to go off of my depression medication mm. in the beginning of our marriage because I thought, you know, I'm fine. Like I've been on this for so long, I should be fine. Bad idea, really, really bad idea. Yes. And so, you know, I did go back on it, but I remember um, we had a fight and I threw my phone at the window. I was unmedicated. Um, I don't, did I, I talked about my depression in my story part one, right? You, you mentioned it a little bit, but I don't know that you got okay. into it super deep. Well, but. I had the eating disorder in high school, went to mm -hmm. therapy. Uh, they prescribed me with antidepressant medication. Yes. Depression does run in my family. So I was on antidepressant medication from 17 on. Mm. So I'm like, I'm 21. I'm married. I should be fine. Like, yeah. I don't need it. Well, it turns out it's quite a typical imbalance <laughs> and yeah. um, really hard to control my moods when I'm not on the medication. And so we got in a really big fight and I remember crying in the kitchen being like, I wish I, I said, I wish I never got married. And he was like right there. Hmm. But I just kind of cycled through depression. I mean, we were hanging out with friends yep. and we were hanging out with the church still. And that part was great. Yeah. And we had a lot of really fun nights, you know, mm -hmm. like I remember we'd play video games we wake up and make pancakes and like there was a lot of fun to it, it wasn't yeah. all bad but I just remember being really depressed yeah I mean it's really interesting you know when you talk about the nightmares and stuff like what I relate to about that is like I feel like I've I think for a very long time in my life I was not like fully connected to my own emotions mm -hmm. I think because of like trauma I've been through and stuff like that and so I would always I, f I would always feel like there was a battle between like what I knew in my head, you know, and I, I would have these, have all these experiences where I would be like, in my head, I'm like, no, this person is great. Like everything's going good. Like, look, you're having so much fun together, like blah, blah, blah. And then there was this other part of me that was like in my gut or in my heart or mm -hmm. whatever that was like, and I could like sort of feel it and, and trying to fight it, you mm -hmm. know, and trying to like, like wish it away or push it away or something like that you know did, did that feel anything like what you were feeling in terms um, of like the doubts and the fears and stuff like that yeah I, at that point i wasn't self-aware enough in my life to really know so and, you were just keeping it at bay like oh, you would wake sure. up from these nightmares yes, and just like try to not mm -mm. think about it I, I think I attributed a lot of it to the guilt I felt as us having sex before marriage mm. and kind of like I didn't do it the right way and yeah. so I need to try again. I need to try with someone else or I wish I could go back in time and we... I, 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 oh yeah, so that's some of the purity culture mm -hmm. bullshit that was like that your relationship was tainted mm -hmm. because you guys had had... Yes. Like that's how deep it ran. Yes. You poor thing. Yeah. So that was a huge part, and I there were a lot of moments, there were a lot of times where we would have sex, and it would end up in me crying, and like it just there was a lot of trauma yeah. within um, our our sexual relationship, and even after marriage, even after marriage, mm. yeah, 
And, you know, I've talked about this pretty openly too. Like sex didn't come very naturally for me in terms of orgasming. Mm -hmm. So I wasn't coming to a finish. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of like learned that sex is about the guy. Mm-hmm. You know, and because we weren't experimental, like we didn't know what to do, yeah, or you know, pro- toys were bad or or whatever, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, so we had sex a lot, and I just never finished. Well, and you were you aware of your own sexuality? Like, were you like masturbating? You know, like, or, no, because I imagine that was all too no, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So you're kind of closed off to yes, knowing your own self and right, all that stuff. Yes, wow. yeah. So after about a year, even though I loved my friends there and the church there, I was like, I need to move home. Like I need to be near my parents. Mm -hmm. So I just asked him, I said, how do you feel about moving to California? We can live with my parents for a little bit until we get on our feet and find jobs. And you know, something about my ex is he kind of just did whatever I wanted. Mm. And that, was something that I wish would have been different too. And what I yeah. I want to be really careful about in my next relationship is I, I don't want someone that just does whatever I want. Yeah. You know, and moving to California is not a bad thing. Yeah. Like living with parents, you know, finding a different job. So he mm-hmm. was, you know. Well, and I imagine he was more comfortable with your family than you were with his. Oh, for sure. You know, like, yeah. and here, like, your family would take both of you in in a way that his never mm-hmm. did and stuff. Well, and I should say this too with my comment of he just did whatever I wanted. We just kind of naturally fell into this relationship where I was the decision maker and the leader and he followed. Yeah, well, and so that's, you know, like Pete Holmes, you know, who's one of my favorite comedians who also married young because he was very devout and so was his now ex-wife. He, the way he describes it, he's like, yeah, I was one of those guys who had a mommy wife. Mm-hmm. who's like you know like wife was kind of part mom and like mm-hmm. the responsible one and like yes. you know and yeah so it was it was like that you know just just the way like oh, this yeah. bill comes in and you were like what did you do you yes. know it feels that way yes yeah. it was very much like that i mean um i was always the one in charge of the finances and i was the one that encouraged him to apply for this job and you know go back to school and I, mm-hmm. it was always had to be some kind of encouragement we were very for the first few years very codependent on each other mm. very codependent where i didn't want to do anything without him mm-hmm. and then through the years that you know dissolved but yeah so we moved back to california we moved into my parents house and I immediately started teaching piano because my mom was like, well, listen, you want to start teaching piano again? Because I taught, did I say that I was teaching Mm -hmm. piano in high school? Mm -hmm. Okay. And so I started teaching piano again and my business quickly grew. I also went back to my old dance studio and, and you know, I was like, do you want a dance teacher? And it just so happened that they, their kind of whole studio had just gone through this huge transition. So she needed someone to kind of be the main ballet teacher and like run Mm -hmm. the ballet program. So I ended up doing that. So I was like main ballet instructor for quite a few classes. Mm -hmm. And then I started growing my piano business while living with my parents. And I was driving to people's homes to teach piano. Got it. Okay. And then my ex uh, got a job at Trader Joe's, Mm -hmm. uh, which is actually a really great place to work. Yes. They pay really well. It's a great environment. They do full benefits. Like it's Mm -hmm. really a nice place to work. So 
he did that and then we decided to move out after a year or two and get our own apartment again and mm -hmm. we lived at these cute little apartments and we stayed there for a year and then we decided we kind of did this like dave ramsey money thing yeah, yeah yeah and decided okay we need to pay off debt and we need another car and we and we want to buy a house when you say we decided oh yeah it was all me <laughs> i was gonna say that sounds very much like okay <laughs> And uh, so we moved back into my parents mm -hmm. to, to be able to do that. He was back in school by now, and I was getting ready to graduate. So this was 2009 now. Mm -hmm. So I graduated with my bachelor's in 2009, uh, bachelor's in professional communications. Mm -hmm. um, I did fly back to Virginia to walk with my friend Melissa, oh. and it was actually really nice. Like, it was yeah. a good time. And and then, okay, so then somewhere in there, like I was all I was still struggling with the marriage. Like I talk about these in gaps of time, but in all of that happening, I was still struggling. Like, did I make a mistake? Was this the right decision? I feel trapped. And I would also, and this is very vulnerable for me to say, and I would appreciate for you guys listening to, to not judge me on this. I think this probably happens more than people talk about, but mm -hmm. I would have little crushes on guys. Mm -hmm. You know, um, I'd meet some guy that maybe uh, I would see at a coffee shop or whatever, and I'd just start to develop a little crush on them. And mm -hmm. I'd look forward to seeing them. And that was scattered. Mm -hmm. And, and then I'd, I, it would make me panic and mm -hmm. then I would, and then it would dissolve and I'd be good. Yeah. So that was also something that was happening. And I think that was a symptom of the anxiety that I was feeling in the relationship. Mm -hmm. So it was kind of like an outlet, like that's where the anxiety was going. Yeah. So I finished school. We somehow got into counseling so we were living with my parents and i don't remember this very clearly but i do remember that i approached my ex and said i think we need to do some counseling because we mm. weren't communicating well and it was something we hadn't done before i think this was maybe four or five years in and we decided to go see this counselor in redlands mm -hmm. and she suggested that we see her once a week for like two months, like kind of mm -hmm. do like an intensive thing, yeah. which was a big deal for us because it was a lot of money. Yep. And so we did it and I felt like we learned some communication tools. I always took counseling much more seriously. I'm the go-getter, mm -hmm. you know, and I wanted to get things better. And I think he was kind of skeptical of it didn't really want to talk about his feelings. Yeah. He was naturally very passive aggressive mm -hmm. and would be mean. He would, instead of being like, hey, this is making me feel like this, he mm -hmm. would be mean to me mm. and then passive aggressive. So, you know, that was part of why we're, and I had my issues too. I mean, I was like, obviously controlling in terms of like, I controlled our lives. I'm not controlling yeah. of like what he could do or not yeah. do. And I was the leader and in charge. I'm sure that was like very emasculating for him. Mm -hmm. So, well, I was gonna ask like, so during this time, you are 
having these anxieties, you know, that are coming out in these ways, like the nightmares and the crushes and stuff like that. But you're like pushing it down. Oh, for sure. Yes. And Just still following it. Yeah, yeah. And like focusing on like having fun together and whatever. So, you know, speaking of like sort of him being a little passive aggressive and things like that, like, did you sense that like he was happy or like wh- were you guys like would you guys fight like would he be yeah, you know? I mean we fought but it wasn't like excessive fighting mm-hmm. I think he was happy mm-hmm. I I could never to be honest like I don't really ever know what he was feeling mm. because he never really vocalized it yeah I don't know he, he just rode things off a lot like when he didn't want to talk about something he just kind of wrote it off mm-hmm. or said the answer that he thought I wanted to hear so he didn't have to talk about it. Yeah. So it was just, so the counseling I think helped. We had to like read a book together. I don't remember. I mean, I, I'm making him sound very bleak right now. There were a lot of great things about him. You know, yes. there were a lot of things that I would ask of him mm-hmm. to do to help the relationship and he would do them. Like yes. I wanted to like do a like a little Bible study together. Mm-hmm. And he was like, okay, let's do that. And there were a lot of really great things about him. Yes. So, and I would say that. And it's I, hard. Yeah. It's hard for me to remember those. Uh-huh. You sure, know, of course it, because yeah. it's easier to almost remember the negative things that happened to yes. you. Yeah. It's what we're going to say. Well, I was just going to add like, right. So I like have met your ex. Right. And yeah, I mean, he's, like, a nice... I feel like he's, like... I would describe him as, like, like a youth pastor. <laughs> like, um, you know, he's, like... He's, he's not outgoing, but he's, like, goofy and friendly mm-hmm. and, like, nice to people and, like, you know, like, that kind of person. Yeah, he's, he was very polite. He always opened my doors for me. Yeah. He... I mean, he, he catered to me being a princess. Yeah. I mean, he really did. He cooked for me. If I asked him to bring me something, he would. I mean, if I asked anything of him, most of the time, like I would say 95% of the time, he would do it. Yeah. So he was very sweet. I mean, he loved me. Yeah. You know? But the problem is it was just a very imbalanced relationship. Yeah. And he wasn't getting what he needed. Yeah. Because he didn't know how to ask for it. Yeah. And by that time in our marriage... He probably, whenever he did ask for it in probably a subtle way, I probably didn't hear it because I was just used to getting my way. Yeah. It was just, yeah. So. And then, and, and that's where the resentment comes from. Oh, Like the for passive sure. aggressive stuff, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah. for sure. For sure. And that's not, right. And, and that's not to say that he's a bad person. That's to say like when you're in a relationship where you're not getting your needs met, like some of that stuff comes out in, in those yes. kinds of ways, right? Well, yeah. And then to add in all of the trauma that he and I went through as kids and growing up and with our, you know, things that we've um, dealt with and with him and his, he had some, you know, family stuff that was really horrific. And, you know, it, we, neither of us ever dealt with it. Yeah. It, it, it does, it does feel that way. It it feels like you two sort of made an unspoken deal of like, this is my role. This is my role. And, like we're not going to get too close mm-hmm. because it was like too like you I don't think either of you were ready to like really unpack and deal with some of those traumas and stuff like we that. We didn't even know that that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, like no. at that point like I didn't even think about like like there was maybe some help self-help books that I would read on like Christianity and like being the the 
Christian wife or the Christian, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I mean, that kind of stuff, but all of our self-help stuff or our, you know, introspective stuff would came from the church. Yeah. And, and some of that stuff is great. And I don't want to like be negative towards the church here, but I think a lot of that stuff, like what you will often hear from like people of faith in terms of that is like, it's like the, like, just try harder. Yes. Like that's where you know that's what it keeps yeah. saying. It's just like, read your Bible more. Yeah, you need like, to pray no, more. Pray on it. Praying. And this is the man that you decided, and you yes. guys, you know, you just have to decide that you're gonna make it work. Like it's that kind of stuff. And so and so, it sounds like you were probably both like that's what you were both getting yes. fed from the people around you. Yes. Wow. So we were still living with my parents, and I can't remember this timeline exactly, but. I asked if we could start seeing a counselor and we started going to counseling Mm -hmm. and it seemed to be going okay. He had gone back to school for his graduate program. Mm. We moved into this adorable little house in Redlands and of course like I went in and did all the work and got it ready. (laughs) You decorated the whole house. Yes, put put my staple on it and I was teaching piano out of the house. I was teaching dance at a local studio. I hung out a lot with my friend Kaylee. She and I were kind of inseparable. Separable. She also um, danced at the studio, was a dance teacher. And then I was teaching yoga. So I had just started teaching yoga at that point. So this was 2012. So yoga, dance, piano. He was working at a company in Redlands. So he had a good full-time job. He had a good full-time job. job. Benefits and then I was bouncing back and forth. Yep. And um, we were just kind of doing our thing. So can I ask at this point, like, what is the, like, so you had gone to counseling and you felt like that was helpful to the relationship. So, like, what is the connection? Like, so are you two, like, affectionate? Like, is there, like, like a lot of, like, sort of sexual intimacy happening? Or is it, like, you know, like, what's starting to happen? You know, because there's these things that are happening under the surface, mm-hmm. but like it was it, it was a good distraction. Hmm. Buying the house was a good distraction, and oh, I yeah, okay, that makes sense. Like, there's always the next thing, yes. so that you don't have to like sit with like correct what's actually happening. Yes, got and it. then I think I started feeling down again, and then we got a dog. Mm-hmm. So then that was the next distraction. Yep. And then we got, we had two cats at this point, by the mm-hmm. way. I kind of skipped over the animal thing. My mom ended up with rescue. We rescued two other cats. Got it. And so we had the two cats and we decided to get a dog. And then we ended up getting another dog. So by the time, I'll say this again later, but by the time we got divorced, we had four animals. <laughs> and had fostered several more. We had, I, I had a problem, but he loved animals as well. And he let me do whatever I wanted. Yeah. So, it's just so crazy. So anyway, um, yeah, so, I mean, I think underlying, like, I wasn't happy. Yeah. But I had enough to distract me. Yeah. And so, and, and so yeah, I feel like, and tell me, like, are we at the point now? I feel like there's a point either right where we are in your story or coming up where it goes from, we can ignore the problems yes. with the distractions to like, okay, now yes. it starts to like disintegrate or, or something yeah. like that. 
So I think a good place to wrap this up mm-hmm. is 2012 would have been five years into our marriage. And I think it was maybe 2013 that I sat down at the table and told him I didn't feel like I was in love anymore. Hmm. And I, we needed to go see someone. Mm-hmm. And this was after you had done the, the first round of counseling? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So it had been maybe a year or a year and a half, maybe, since we had, maybe even two years. Yeah. That, again, it's, the timeline's a little uh, foggy for me, mm-hmm. but I think it was about six years in. So what prompted you to do that? You know, because you had been having these kinds of fleeting doubts and stuff like that and these crushes like all along the way. I think I had been really crushing on someone and scared myself mm. of how much I was allowing myself to to kind of fantasize in that way. Yeah. And knew that I just was so unhappy and I needed to say something. And so I felt like I could be open enough, kind of throw it out on the table and see what he did with it. Yeah. And he actually responded really well. Like he was like, okay, like, thank you for telling me, like, let's go to counseling. Mm -hmm. Like, let's go get help. Yeah. I'm sure it crushed him. Mm -hmm. I'm sure it crushed him because that was the first time that he had really ever heard that I was falling out of love. Mm -hmm. And so I'm sure that was crushing for him, but he actually was very respectful and Mm -hmm. was like, okay, yeah, let's go. Let's go talk to someone. Mm. See, now, you know what? And this is totally my speculation, right? But like in hindsight, like, because... A conversation like that can happen and the relationship can be saved in like, you know, like, because so that that's either because what what can happen, I think, in a beautiful way is that it forces both people to like get to that deeper level of like, okay, we need to really start being fully who we are and kind of drop these roles and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So like, I wonder, had he been at like a different place in terms of his own sort of self-awareness and stuff like that. Like if he had been able to be like, I'm not really happy either. Mm. You know, like Mm. it could have been a very Mm. different trajectory, Mm. but it, it seems like he was kind of like, like, okay, like we'll fix it. Like I'll, you know, I'll do better, whatever, you know, like. And I think that's where I felt a lot of the pressure is I felt it was always me who was the unhappy one. Mm -hmm. See, now that's, that's part of like projective identification, Mm -hmm. right? It's like that you were assigned by both of you to hold all of those feelings. Mm -hmm. But the truth is like, neither one of you was probably really happy. And like, I don't know if he would sort of acknowledge that to himself. Mm-hmm. He, he certainly wouldn't have acknowledged it to himself at the time because otherwise oh, yeah. he would have told you, right? Yes. But And I don't know whether he would do that now, but, you know, I, I, I think that's really true in relationships. Mm-hmm. It's like, you know, like one... And even in families, like one person sort of holds all the feelings or holds all the anger or mm-hmm. holds all the... Like, even though it's actually like everyone has mm-hmm. it, you know? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. 
Well, is that where we're leaving? Our that's where we're gonna leave it. Yeah. So, 2012, you the dropped 2000, the. Uh, I, 2013. Somewhere in there, 2013-ish. You yeah. dropped the bombshell. Yeah. Are you like at the kitchen table? Yes, at the kitchen table. And then the response is like, okay, let's go get counseling. Yeah. And then that was the. Yeah. That was the next step. That was it. How do you feel about what you shared today? Oh, uh, super anxious. Really? Yeah. I mean, you know, guys, part three is going to be crazy vulnerable for me. It may not come out for a year. Like, yeah. I need to, I need to feel trusting enough to really share that part of me because it's mm -hmm. huge and and I'm I will I'm not going to share every detail but I want to give you guys a sense of of that part of my story and you know it's we're all human and I think it's hard to it's hard to talk about being married or in a relationship and fantasizing and thinking about other men yes that that especially as a woman yes I was gonna say it, that. it's automatically put shames on the woman like mm -hmm. you know she's a whore or wh whatever the thought is it, it's much more I mean it's not it's not like men people are like men oh whatever but it's kind of like well that's what men do yeah it's, well see the, yeah this is the cultural bullshit it's like well men are horny all the time and they're gonna look at every woman and they're gonna want them and, and blah, blah, blah. They, they have a hard time being monogamous yep. anyway yep. and so, so yeah, that's really hard to, to talk about and to be open about. And I also, you know, I also just want to make sure that I'm being respectful of my ex because mm -hmm. I, I did love him. I mean, he was my best friend, best yeah. friend for 10 years, even though there were years that I didn't feel I was in love. And there were a lot of times that I didn't like him and I didn't want to be with him. You know, we had all these memories and all these experiences together and you know, deep down, I know he's a great person. Yep. Um, you know, I we unfortunately just saw each other's worst sides. Yeah. You know, and I think that probably any marriage is going to bring that up. Mm -hmm. And hopefully there's going to be marriages that will work through that. And ours just didn't. Yeah. So. Well, and I think you've shared like really like authentically and really like courageously. You know, I also want to validate like that like all of that shaming stuff about like women being like sexual beings with sexual desires like that's bullshit right mm -hmm. and like and I don't believe like I don't like it when people say things like well once a cheater always a cheater and stuff like that or like you know so like even you know because where thoughts and desires to like you know, think about or go outside of the relationship come from is because someone's not getting something that they need from the relationship, mm -hmm. right? And I think like fantasizing about other people or whatever, like, or in actual infidelities come, it's a, it's a product of the relationship. Mm -hmm. It's not a product of like, that person is a morally deficient person. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like you're, you're, and then the thing is like, well, why, why don't people just end the relationship? Because you feel, because people feel really trapped and feel mm -hmm. really, and they're really like, and I mean, I just, you know, I, I feel like I gained such a better sense of 
of you uh, through you telling of this story today and like of you and your marriage and, and really both of you but like the, even all the way even though you were like f- a full grown adult like you know through through your marriage like you were a kid you know like and yeah. you're both kids like sort of fumbling around trying to figure out how to do this thing and so I don't know I just hope I, I feel like I have tons of compassion hearing your story for both of you and and I hope you can give that compassion to yourself too you thank know? you yeah, yeah I appreciate it yeah I mean I've definitely come to a place in looking back at, at what I've been through where I feel um, like I've forgiven myself and you know I mean there's some always going to be some underlying shame there especially with the christianity culture that i grew up in Mm -hmm. um you know i think it's important and you know one of the big things in my coaching program was like self-compassion self-compassion like and again i did the best i could yes i was trapped i tried vocalizing that it was not met Mm -hmm. um and you know that will continue to progress as the you guys will hear how that progresses yeah 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 and i mean and i think you were both doing the best you could mm-hmm. oh, you yeah. know yeah oh yeah he he um also had a ton of stuff that he had never dealt with and yeah you know none of neither of us i mean i had done some individual therapy by then but neither of us had really divin, driven driven dove dived dived deeply Ne- sure. Neither of us have ever divin. Ha- sure. Divin. Divin. <laughs> uh, neither of us had ever taken that that path to, yeah. to dive deeply yeah. in the past. So. Well, and it's a really interesting thing to look back. And I don't think many of us know how to do this. And, like, and I, I think you've kind of done it beautifully today of like how to look back at things and talk about factors and things that may have played a role in certain things but to be able to do that without like assigning blame mm-hmm. you know which i feel like you've really done you know you like and 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 i hear you trying to do that even as you you know even in the diving deeply comment you just made of like well yeah like so when i look back on it now this is how i see it and these are the things that played a role but also like you know not blaming yourself not blaming your ex not be you know like uh any of that stuff and and i feel like it's going to be really impactful for people so yeah well thank you i okay so i hope everyone likes this episode i hope i hope i did an okay job i think you did a great job okay thank you yeah i think you're a great interviewer (laughs) yeah guys i i've been told that you guys like longer episodes so we made this one nice and long for you today (laughs) i hope you enjoyed it and again like part three just don't count on it anytime soon. Yeah. So it's a little cliffhanger. Keep tuning in to all of our other episodes. We're going to have some amazing guests on. And I'm working hard for you guys to keep you guys entertained and, and to keep you guys growing. Um, follow us on Instagram at underscore Lana Joan at hello and goodbye podcast at the real Jared Rodriguez. I'm on Twitter at hello underscore by underscore pod. There's a Facebook group called the H&G Hive. Um, what is the oh Patreon account? Yep. Patreon.com slash hello and goodbye podcast. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. What? There was something. Oh, uh, I mean, I have a YouTube channel for Hello and Goodbye podcast where I post some of these videos. Oh, nice. So, you know, if you want to subscribe just to make it look better, like I have more subscribers, that would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Anything you can do to support the show. Yeah. Yeah. Rate and review. Give us a five star on Please. Oh, yeah. Rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Tell a friend. All that good stuff. Yeah. All right, you guys. We will see you next time. Yeah. Bye. Bye. Ha, ha, ha.